Hello and welcome to our podcast for uh, commercial and fleet sales. Uh, welcome to uh, a very special guest today. And I'm really excited because, number one, he's got a great sense of humor, which helps me. And number two, he's got an incredible amount of experience. Uh, Michael J. Kennedy, Manager of Retail Development at Isuzu USA. Michael, welcome. Well, thank you very much, Ken. I'm pleased to be on the podcast, and um, I don't know about special guests, but uh, I guess I am your guest. <laughs> Good start. Well, just to uh, you know, fill in uh, all the uh, people who will be tuning into this, how long have you been in commercial and fleet sales, and how did you get started? Well, that's an interesting uh, situation. Um, I actually... Um, started a new car get ready at a Ford dealership in Falls Church, Virginia when I was in high school on weekends because my father thought I should be doing something rather than uh, watching uh, cartoons, I guess. And um, then I, uh, right out of high school, I went in the military. And uh, once I got off of active duty, um, I still had all my relationships from the uh, dealership that I worked at, and it was a pretty good-sized group in northern Virginia, and I was, at the time, uh, going to school part-time, working part-time, and my major was in um, finance or accounting. Um, although I liked it, I realized working in the accounting office part-time at the dealership, I saw the commissions that the uh, salespeople were making, and I said, okay, um, I can't even remember what my hourly wage was. It was probably 4 or $5 an hour at the most. I decided, okay, well, that's enough of that. Uh, let me go in to the sales. And I was working then at the the same dealer group at their Pontiac GMC dealership, which was brand new out of Tyson's Corner, Virginia. And I was working in finance then, um, in the finance department, and the owner walked in one day, and one of the factory reps was with him, and he had all these red books, uh, big binders, and um, he said, congratulations, um, we've taken on the GMC medium-duty franchise, and you're in charge. And <laughs> I had no idea uh, what I was getting into at that point. Um, but um, it, back at that time, uh, GMC had their light duty, their medium duty, and they had the heavy duty, the Class 8, the GMC General that some people probably remember and uh, other Brigadier and things like that. So that's how I got into it. Um, I worked there for a good while. Uh, the Blue Laws um, ended, and then I got the congratulations, we're going to be open Sunday. Well, I was kind of a newlywed then, and the 80 hours a week for the newlywed, my wife, new wife was not too happy. And <laughs> I think a lot of people can understand that, And um, but I loved the business, so I went to work for Hertz, which became uh, Penske Truck Leasing, and the rest is history. Wow, wow. Well, I was going to hold off on this, but you've got to share with everybody uh, how you proposed. I think that is uh, the timing could not be better than right now. Well, you know, I'm a real high roller. Um, 
<laughs> so um, I had been dating my wife for a very short period of time, and I always like to tell the joke, she was the first girl to go out with me the second time, so I decided I'd better marry her. Um, not quite the story, but um, it sounds good. We used to go out for um, Sunday drives all the time, and uh, I was living out in Herndon, Virginia, which is out near Dulles Airport then, and this was long before the traffic was all that bad and stuff. And so we were out for a Sunday drive, and we were going down our Route 11, uh, which parallels Interstate 81 from Winchester to Front Royal and then down, just taking in the sights, looking around, uh, maybe you know, stopping at some stores. And um, I took her to an exclusive restaurant for lunch. Uh, most people call it uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and that's exactly what it was. Um, <laughs> very exclusive. Very exclusive. And I believe it was in Front Royal, Virginia, where the KFC was right on Route 11. We continued down Route 11 and pulled off the side of the road in uh, Mount Jackson, Virginia, and asked her to marry me. And um, we've been married now. It'll be uh, 40, 41 years um, this uh, November. Wow. Uh, that is a special woman. <laughs> She's very special <laughs> to stay married to me. <laughs> uh, well, you know, one, one thing that's very interesting that Isuzu USA has done, uh, you've got a lot of unique partnerships with dealerships, which also have other brands like Chevrolet, Ford, the, the Class 8 carriers like Rush Truck Centers. So explain a little bit to the audience how those relationships work, how they get started, uh, why you guys went that particular direction. Well, that's, that's interesting. Well, we are, I, I like to always call us a small fish in a big pond. Um, and due to the fact that years ago a standalone dealership was uh, – for Azusa would be very, very difficult uh, in any of the metropolitan areas. Um, we went out and franchised what I will say are probably some of the you know, better, more reputable, uh, good dealerships across the country. And they may be a Ford dealership, Chevrolet, or like you said, like a Rush Truck Center, an MHC, some of the larger ones, uh, international dealers. Freightliner dealers, uh, because we fit, really fit a niche. Um, most of them did not have the Class Three, Class Four, Class Five. Um, you, know, you know, as you know, General Motors in and out of the medium duty business. Um, Ford, of course, um, you know, predominant with their you know F. 450, 550, have uh, always done a good job, but uh, except for the little short venture they had, never a cab over. So we've really had to differentiate ourselves from uh, those, and it, it's difficult in one respect, it's easy in another respect. And if you don't mind me going off track here a little, no fun. Uh, when you when you ask that question, uh, we really do try to differentiate ourselves. And I think that if you go around and you talk to any of our dealers, the one thing that they always say is we're just easy to get along with. We're easy to work with, and that's always been our motto. Um, as far as responsive times, getting back to the dealers, uh, we make immediate decisions um, uh, to, you know, 
we try to find ways to say yes, I think is the best thing to say. Um, and certainly with all the technology that goes on now with systems and stuff, it, it's always a trying experience. But we do try to differentiate ourselves, and I think that's one of our great attributes is being able to be upfront with the dealers, have quick response time, I think that we probably pay in all respects faster than most other manufacturers, and um, there's no – we don't try to nitpick, I guess is the best thing. We try to make deals and make the dealers feel comfortable with us. And, Mike, I, I uh, can attest to that firsthand. Uh, when I send an invoice, you guys are on top of it. I'm uh, amazed. I won't tell you how long it typically takes us to get paid. So I'm going to give you a big thank you on that one. Wow. And, uh, you know, one thing I was very, very impressed with when I visited home office in Anaheim, uh, everybody was so positive. You know, everybody had an attitude of, you know, you know, let's get it done, let's help the field guys, really going the extra mile and helping dealers across the country. So I have to ask you, what do you attribute to that atmosphere? Because it was so positive. I mean, I could walk through if no one said anything, and I could just feel it. Well, thanks, Ken, and I, I appreciate that comment. And I think it goes back to just the way that um, is ingrained in us. And, you know, you hear a lot of people say, the whole, you know, the wholesale people. And we are not a wholesale group. Now, I know a lot of dealers and people will go, what do you mean? You know, you're, you're the manufacturer. Um, we're a retail-driven operation. So regardless of whether it's the distribution department, the marketing department, the fleet department, the sales department, or the parts department, we're all focused on the retail business. So I guess you can look at it from the standpoint of we've got ingrained in us, and certainly one of uh, the things that I ingrain and talk to all of our people about, and I think you met um, you know a good number of our people that are relatively young, um, the millennials, uh, which some people have a negative uh, connotation with, um, they do understand one thing, and it's one thing that I press all the time, is we're a retail-driven business. And I think it goes back to my experience that um, when you're a retail salesperson, uh, you get your commission check usually once a month, maybe the 15th of the month. Uh, all the deals have to be paid for. Trade's got to be in. Down payment, everything's got to be there, and then you get your commission check, let's say, the 15th of the month based on the previous month's sales. Well, I'll be the first to tell you, you get that commission check, and then the 20th of the month you're looking and saying, oh, my, I do not have anything delivered this month yet, and the panic starts setting in. So we have looked at it all the time, and I say in the meetings all the time, We've got to make sure that we do things right so the salespeople, the dealers get their just reward, and we're retail-focused. So our distribution department, they are pounding on our carriers to get those trucks to the body companies, to get them to the dealers so they can get that delivery out for the end of the month. And, you know, once again, I will go a little bit off track from what you ask, is one of the things we do, I think, that is different than any other the manufacturers out there, um, and we've had this conversation 
hundreds of times with our people out in the field. Um, our rewards program that we have as far as our uh, direct payment to the uh, sales consultants, there is nobody that does it better than us. Normally, if a truck is delivered today, the 31st of the month, the salesperson will have their uh, money on their what we call our winter circle debit card probably by Friday. Um, and that makes all the difference, and certainly it gets a lot of attention. And the same thing goes from the corporate standpoint uh, for the dealerships. Uh, we pay very quickly um, with warranty parts. Everything we do is focused on the retail business. Well, I'll tell you, you can, you can see it, you can feel it being around so many of your people. Uh, I was just uh, so impressed. And trust me, I get to see everybody. <laughs> it's, uh, it was just, it really stood out. And, uh, and also, uh, it was kind of interesting. You guys have such a strong philosophy regarding training. I mean, a lot of manufacturers do training, but you guys go above and beyond as far as the em emphasis that you put on it. So how did this kind of philosophy get started and, uh, and, and what's uh, in store for the future? Well, that's a very interesting question, and I would have to agree with you that um, you know you look at a lot of the manufacturers; they may have you know some great processes in, play, in place, but carrying that through to the salespeople or the parts and service people is sometimes very difficult. Um, I guess it was probably about, oh, I'm going to say 18 years ago, uh, we took another track on sales training. I'll get into service and parts in a second. Sure. And it, it was more focused on a lot of the uh, manufacturers. They go out and hire people that they are very good. Don't get me wrong. They're very good, but they're usually focused on maybe a process or a product, but they don't have a whole lot of the in-dealership experience. So we looked at what we were doing, and we decided, okay, let's take a different track. Let's do product training. Let's do process training, but let's make it applicable to the person that is in the dealership, real-world experiences. So what we've tried to do is, even when we're doing examples, we put examples together that I'd like to say are real-world experiences, that um, whether you're looking at particular customers, uh, vocations, markets, that you can look at it and say, okay, what would be the best practice as far as doing sales training for this type of product? What is our target audience? Because we are a niche marketer there. So we've really taken an active approach there. I'll get back to sales in a second, but one of the other areas where I tell you what, the company, and this has been driven, there's no question, by um, our Japanese parents, and that is um, our centers of excellence. Uh, we have our Centers of Excellence here in Anaheim, California, and then in Scranton, Pennsylvania. They have put together literally millions of dollars in training there for our service people, our service writers, service managers, and our parts people, where 
we have the engines there, hands-on experience, putting together a variety of classes so it's real-world experience working on the vehicles. And all I can say is, uh, Ken, I know you haven't had the opportunity to go to one of those yet. We've got to get you up there to show you what we've done with our centers of excellence. So okay. taking well, I would love it. I would yeah, love it. Yeah, taking that a step further, um, Azuzu Motors Limited has an annual um, what they call Grand Prix, which is a uh, service uh, competition from all over the world. And last year we took second place. And that is really a credit because it is an incredible experience. And we're having our final here in um, the United States to find out who the finalists will be to go to Japan to compete. And it's a very high honor. Parts training, the same thing. Um, as far as making sure that our parts uh, people, the counter people, the parts managers know what we're talking about, can have the part in stock. And we put in some matrices that are really have increased. Now, I will tell you one funny story. When we put in some of the processes, one of the dealers came back and he said, well, you all have taught me a lesson. Well, what, what was that, Randy? Well, I've been able to decrease my parts inventory of Azuzu parts by $1 million. And so there's all of a sudden a gulp uh, from people. <laughs> but the bottom line is that decrease, his turn has been greater. He's got fresh inventory on the shelf, and he's wow. got all the parts he needs to do those immediate services. Uh -huh. So. The dealers have really appreciated that because they've taken the parts inventory down. We're selling more parts as we've gotten more into the aftermarket parts. They're called Azuzu fleet value parts. I use the word aftermarket. They're Azuzu approved, Azuzu produced parts, but they are equivalent to the original equipment manufacturer's parts, but they're at a less price. And that, of course, has driven our sales greater. Oh, you know, it's amazing. I, I say all the time, Mike, that, you know, sales brings in the initial unit, but service and parts keeps it coming. And you guys have recognized that and probably put more into service and parts training than any of the manufacturers that I work with. You guys are just incredible at that. So I really, really commend you. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, we do try, and in our sales training, we talk extensively about uh, fleet value parts, um, our service training, because it's the whole package. I mean, the last thing a commercial customer wants is that truck sitting in the shop uh, waiting for a day or two days just for a diagnosis, then goes, oh, we need a knock sensor, and we need to order that. You know, that's just, that's just wrong, because that's income that they're losing by having to rent a truck or lose deliveries or possibly even lose a customer. Oh, now, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Ken, I've got, to, I've got to give you a compliment when we're talking about training, and I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, okay. You know, we have been very fortunate, um, and I think if you're ever satisfied, and I will never be satisfied, but if you're ever satisfied, then something is wrong. And although we have been... According to the ATD survey, we've been number one in sales training for as many years as I can remember. It's probably been 10, 12, maybe even 15 years. Uh, we do something a little more, we do something innovative every year uh, to focus on the training. But I've got to tell you, uh, when we 
talk to you, and that's a whole different story how that started out. <laughs> I will tell that story, Mike. Oh, oh boy. Uh, but, you know, this year when we brought you in to do our sales uh, managers uh, seminar, and then, of course, we've got the additional training coming up this year, the people that were, I like to call the negative Nellies all the time, and I think you remember the one person that started out <laughs> by the by the. You know, after the first half hour, he was taking copious notes, oh, and yes. I got so many compliments uh, from the dealers, uh, the sales managers, and, of course, the dealer council were saying it is absolutely the best they've ever seen. And oh, I will God. say, Thank you. you know, well, you're welcome. I mean, it, it, I really never really focused on the uh, – the higher level, I always stayed, I think, in the trenches with the salespeople. So we really raised the bar. Uh, what are we going to do next year? <laughs> I've got some great stuff in store, Mike. I Good. think you're going to love it. So, Well, you know, I have to give you a compliment, though. I'm sitting there listening to you present uh, when I came to do the, little sex, the sectional prospecting. And I'm I'm taking notes after note after note, and uh, I'll tell you, you've got a great blend of uh, the the right content and the right sense of humor. I mean, those everybody uh, there was not a uh, a closed eye in the whole group. So I have to commend you. I mean, they were listening, and uh, and I learned a few things, and and I was taking notes. So that says something from a guy who presents all the time. <laughs> Well, well, thanks, Ken. But I've got to tell you, I you know, listening to your prospecting, and um, I said to a variety of people when we had our break, I said, uh, "Where was Ken thirty, forty years ago when I started in this business?" Because I could have certainly. And, and the one thing that will always stick with me is your word tracks. And I'm there taking notes. I'm going like, "Oh my goodness, how could I have missed that?" You know, just uh, well, thank you so much, 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 much appreciated. And Mike, I have to, I have to tell the story if it's okay with you. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, uh, it's funny. I got an email. It was from Michael Kennedy, and we had not met. And it uh, was very cordial. He said, "Ken, you know, I had been getting your newsletter, and I've been taking the articles and sending them out to the field, and I've been giving you credit, but it occurred to me I." should probably uh, have asked your permission first. So I'm saying, wow, you know, I'm kind of impressed here. So I sent Mike about 10 more articles, and then I uh, uh, unofficially made him my press agent. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well, thank you. <laughs> and then when we met, it was like we had uh, known each other forever. So uh, it's... Uh, uh, I'm going to have to go to the movie Casablanca uh, when Humphrey Bogart and the French lieutenant are walking away. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's it's that kind of friendship. So I, I, uh, I appreciate that, and I tell you what, the you know when I was been looking at your articles for years, I'm going like wow, and um, you know I finally um, you know said you know we've we've got to get more of this and of course i had my little reservations too because you know <laughs> you were working with some other manufacturers and i am very very protective of the azuzu brand as everybody knows and um i tell you what you blended in perfectly from day one it's been great. Well, it was a, a pleasure, and I even got a chance to catch up with one of my uh, old college uh, football teammates, <laughs> and Joe Troy. That Troy was and, funny, yeah. And, and Joe and I are getting together for the homecoming game, by the way, Mike. 
Oh, that is that is fantastic. Um, University of Richmond, correct? The Spiders. The Spiders. Uh, yeah, well, you say the Fighting Spiders, but I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen I've seen a Stinging Spider, but I haven't seen too many Fighting Spiders. <laughs> but uh, we'll have a good time for sure. That's so great. what um, what challenges do you see in the future for commercial and fleet sales? Wow. Um, one of the areas I've got to say that is a little bit scary is the consolidation. And the consolidation is the mergers between companies. Um, and you also look at the, you know, the brick-and-mortar situation up against the, like, the Amazons of the world. And this is where, you know, I have a little bit of trouble on the fleet side. And the trouble is, is that, um, and I'm sure you know some of these people, Ken, that have had these great fleet accounts for years, and then all of a sudden uh, they're bought out by a conglomerate or another company, and they lose that particular business. So it's a very challenging time when you see uh, the Amazons of the world that are out there uh, just pulling the business away from the uh, brick-and-mortar operations. So my focus has always been on retail development. And although I love our fleet salespeople we have out there, um, you can have the people that have the you know large fleet. They're very successful with it. They've been doing it for years. But then all of a sudden, they're bought out. And in turn, when they're bought out, they potentially lose that business that they had because they go with uh, they go into this bigger operation that uh, may have a dedicated fleet operation, and you are left in the dust without it. So I think from that standpoint, the diversification of the fleet salesperson and the retail salesperson. You've got to be integrated in both areas because you've got to make that paycheck and you've got to have that money coming in. So I've always been, you know, I would rather have, uh, let's say, 50 small accounts than one large account that you stake your future on. And I've been tracking the sales with Azuzu now for over 20 years and the salespeople. And I look back at that and I say, oh, what happened to Doug? Well, you know, they were bought out by this company or another person was bought out, you know, by this company and they don't have that business anymore. The other side is staying on top of the technology. Uh, that is a that's a whole different subject uh, with the technology that's going on, um, and it's scary. It really is scary for the retail salesperson. Uh, without a doubt, you know, and I'm seeing exactly what you just talked about, Mike. I was uh, giving a seminar to a group not long ago, and uh, I asked a question to the group. I said, "So, what's your uh, what's your biggest fear?" You know, going forward over the next few years, and the, and one guy stood up and said, "You know, I've done big fleet accounts. I just lost my biggest account two weeks ago, and I feel like I'm starting over." So, what you're saying is happening, and so it's it's you know, diversification is absolutely the key. Diversification of your client base. So, thanks for sharing that. So, uh, numbers, as Jerry McGuire would say. <laughs> Show me the money. Uh, so, how does 
this year look? How is it shaping up compared to 2017? Uh, this is a crazy year. <laughs> um, <laughs> crazy with business. Um, it's very interesting before I get into any kind of numbers from us is that um, in the class six business, class seven business, if I'm not mistaken, um, our competitors out there, whether it's Freightliner, International, Pack Car, um, they are all built out basically through the first quarter of next year. And there's no end in sight for that business. Um, on the class four and five vehicles, uh, the times are getting stretched out. Um, we are in a very, very good situation, I will say. Um, we actually, I guess, um, for one of the few times we have predicted what is going on, and our inventory is extremely good um, at our ports, uh, at our production. Um, I think you know that uh, we started our FTR production up in Charlotte, Michigan. Uh, we've got a good inventory of those Class 6 vehicles. Our ports are pretty well stocked, and our gas product is pretty well stocked. There's always going to be a few models that are a little tough to get, but we're in very good condition. We're probably looking at about a possibly up to a 15 the 20% increase in sales over 2017, which wow. is exciting. Um, wow. Because, you know, we are, as you said, you know, we sell the first truck, uh, parts and service sells the second. Um, we have a very profitable back-end business with our uh, parts operation. Uh, so the more trucks we can put out on the road, the better. Um our salespeople that are out there are doing extremely well this year. Um, and we've got a great cadre of, I'm going to say, probably, you know, we have a lot of salespeople who are registered in our system, but we probably have about 250 salespeople that are just constant producers out there that do an incredible job for us, and they're having a bang-up year. Um, although... Some people may say, well, that's not good because uh, some of the manufacturers are built out. It actually helps us. I think you can, you can understand <laughs> that because we, Absolutely. Have the, we have the inventory, and normally we follow the trend. If inventory is down, we don't have anything, but uh, I think we did a good job uh, from our senior management predicting what the market was going to be, and we've got uh, great business out there right now. And sales oh, are humming. Oh, your timing couldn't be better because I get call after call, Mike, from other manufacturers uh, and their uh, dealership salespeople who are so frustrated with what they can't get. So, mm -hmm. now you guys, uh, your timing is good for sure. Well, I want to wrap up with just a, a real quick question. Someone getting into this business for the first time, what would be your biggest advice? Well, that that's very good. You know, and I think you see this at our training, um, we are a middle to older age group of people, but the opportunities for somebody younger uh, is pretty incredible. Uh, we've got some great opportunities out there with uh, for the younger people to get into that dealership, get trained, and then go out and hit the market. Um, if you look, and I always like to do this, is look at your market, uh, get 
the uh, make a circle out about 20 miles from where your dealership is. Take a Sunday. Take your wife, girlfriend, or if they're a female, their boyfriend or husband. Get the yellow pad of paper, and this is what my wife and I did 40 years ago. Um, is drive around, look at the industrial parks on a Sunday, look where the trucks are parked, um, and you can get an immense amount of leads right from there. Now, there's other programs we have in place, and we've talked about prospecting before, but what a great opportunity to just get out there and look and see what the market looks like. This is a great business. It's been very rewarding to Thousands of people, myself included, I love it, um, and I think it's a great market right now, and this is the perfect time to get involved in it. Uh, you couldn't be more uh, right on, and we're seeing that. We're seeing young people who are doing it right, who are able to hit the ground running, and it's just a perfect time to be in the business. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, this is going to be posted on our podcast in the next couple of days. We'll let you know, and to all the people out there, I'm sure they're going to be excited to listen to to your words of wisdom. Uh, appreciate you, and uh, most of all, appreciate your friendship. Thank you so, so much. Well, thank you, Ken, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate our partnership that we've got going, and this is going to continue to go until I retire. Well, I I hope you don't retire for the next 10 years. <laughs> okay, we'll see about that. <laughs> well, Mike, thanks again. Much, thank you. Much appreciated.